Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and welcome to National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And throughout this month, we're going to have guests on talking about employment of people with disabilities. You know what I say without employment. You will never, ever be free in this country. And even as I'm talking to you right now, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this postcard that Yoshiko Dart sent me, and it has photographs of Justin Dart and of she and Justin. And so I made a decision. You know what? I wish I would have said this last week, but we've got to dedicate this month, this whole month, these shows to Justin Dart because he fought for our employment. He fought for our freedom. And, Yoshiko, if you're listening to the show right now, Yoshiko, you know I love you, Yoshiko, and Justin's spirit is with us. As you will see by our discussion today, we are so excited to have with us today guests who work for or with the National Organization on Disability, NOD. And NOD is all about employment and all about understanding why we aren't hired, barriers to employment for people with disabilities. So today we have with us Carol Glazer, the president of NOD, who was formerly COO at Edna McConnell Clark Foundation, Humphrey Taylor, the chairman of the Harris Poll, and Roger DeRose, the president, CEO of the Kessler Foundation. So to all of you, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. Thanks. Thank you, and Carol, let's start with you. Sure. Um, for our listeners throughout the world, how about if you tell them a little bit about NOD and what you know what the mission is and what it's all about? Sure, Joyce. Thank you, and thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, Joyce, NOD was founded in 1982. That was eight years before the ADA, as a national cross disability organization. And through the years, NOD has addressed a number of quality of life issues for America's 54 million people with disabilities, from architectural barriers to global issues to emergency preparedness. Our stock and trade over these years has been the Harris Polls, which we've conducted every four to five years and which measure the gaps between people with and without disabilities in a whole range of quality of life issues from employment to income to education to voting, even to socializing with friends. And in 1995, and again this year, NOD has supplemented those quality of life surveys with a survey of employers to determine their practices and their attitudes towards hiring people with disabilities. And we're very proud to be releasing two polls this month, both uh, one poll released in July and the employment poll released this month, both funded by the Kessler Foundation and done in partnership with the Kessler Foundation. And, and perhaps some sobering results, Joyce, in most aspects of life, the GAP survey has shown that people with disabilities have consistently lagged behind those without and so many indicators. But for, for us, the most intractable issue through the years and one that, as you say, affects all other issues from healthcare to transportation to use of technology has been employment. And according to this year's Harris poll, only 21% of people with disabilities are working, compared with 59% of their non-disabled counterparts. So not surprisingly, people with disabilities are twice as likely to live in poverty. And the employment gap has been very, very stubborn. It's remained virtually unchanged since the end of World War II. For that reason, our board, which is largely a corporate board, and like many corporate boards, fiercely dedicated to intense focus, the board decided to focus the majority of our work on becoming a resource for practical wisdom on the hiring of people with disabilities. And so in addition to the Harris Polls in partnership with the Kessler Foundation, we're putting in place a number of programs on the ground that demonstrate new models of employment practice and service delivery. We're evaluating the results, and we're working to make sure that effective practices are scaled up. 
We've done this with the support of the Kessler Foundation. And in 2005, about 7% of our work was dedicated to employment. And this year, about 95% of our work is dedicated to employment. We hope with that laser-like focus, we'll be able to make a difference in the numbers. Well, you know what? It doesn't make me happy, Carol. It does not make me happy that we still are fighting this fight, but I am so appreciative that you are doing this and bringing this to light because it is only with data and research that when we talk to people about how we need change that we can substantiate what we're saying. And I have to point out that you have a really good chairman, Carol. Yes. We're thrilled. I really like your chairman. Fabulous. What a great governor. Yes. In case you haven't figured it out, their chairman is Governor Tom Ridge, former uh, secretary um, during the Bush administration. Um, And he, I can truthfully tell you, the whole time I have known him, and when I, when he was the governor of Pennsylvania, he has always had employment of people with disabilities at the forefront. And when he was at the Department of Homeland Security, it is he that initiated the program to get them to hire people, and um, he is a great leader. You, you mentioned here how you work with the Kessler Foundation. And how they're working with you. Uh, Roger, maybe you can talk about that. Um, how did that all get started and why, why are you doing this? Sure, Joyce. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Um, well, Joyce, I, I think you know, I'm not sure your listeners know, that uh, Kessler Foundation is uh, the largest public charity focused on helping people with disabilities. And we do that um, through a two-part mission, first through the research center that we have here led by um, uh, Dr. John DeLuca, and we specialize in brain and spinal cord injury and um, multiple sclerosis and stroke recovery. And uh, we help consumers with those conditions to walk again and regain lost memory and drive and communicate more effectively. And we, we share that information immediately with the Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation, who bring that right to bedside care. But we also share it with the international community of rehabilitation so that people all over the world will benefit from the research that we're doing here in New Jersey. Secondly, the other part of our mission is our program center, which is led by Elaine Katz, who I'm sure many of your listeners know of. Um, and we really help expand job opportunities by, you know, acting as, I'll use the term, a venture funder uh, to other nonprofits that are creating businesses that are training and hiring people with disabilities or to organizations that are successfully placing people with disabilities in competitive competitive and uh, satisfying jobs. And uh, we also fund training in technological fields uh, so that interested people with disabilities can expand their knowledge, which will hopefully open new job opportunities. And since we started this program back in 2004, we've helped to create over 4,000 jobs in the state of New Jersey. Businesses that we've started here in New Jersey include digital mail and document imaging and hydroponic vegetable greenhouses. And the other organizations that we've funded have placed individuals in positions such as credit union assignments, lab technicians, and retail assignments. And so now we're really expanding into the Northeast region and looking at other funding opportunities across the country uh, so that more qualified people with disabilities are uh, finding ways to uh, to the uh, to the employment uh, roles. Our work with uh, the NOD, uh, of course, is um, uh, the fact that we've uh, funded these two studies, these two major studies over the last six months here. But we've also been involved with NOD over the last six years, where we've invested about two and a half million dollars with NOD in programs such as the NOD Wounded Warrior Program with the U.S. Army, which they've uh, executed so brilliantly, in addition to uh, the two disability studies that we've talked about. And the latest program uh, is the Bridges program uh, with Lowe's, and uh, that's the retail giant that is attempting to duplicate the great success that Walgreens has found in their distribution centers. So that's a short history of the work that we've done with NOD and a little bit about our background as an organization. Roger, are these grants 
then are not just given to companies in the state of New Jersey? You know, in the past, it acted as our test market. New Jersey was the place that we wanted to either succeed or make our mistakes so that we could learn and then move forward. Um, when we, we set in motion the last year's five-year strategic plan taking us through 2015, we decided to look at strategic investments outside of the state. We will still continue to support state initiatives here, but also look within the Northeast region and throughout the country. Well, good for you, and I just want to tell you, I want to thank you for what you're doing because you're helping people with disabilities gain employment. And uh, once again, Roger is with the Kessler Foundation, CEO of the Kessler Foundation. Um, what is your website, Roger? We're at KesslerFoundation.org, org, right. KesslerFoundation.org. And I'm sure we'll be talking more to him in the future right now and, and on the show today, of course. But right now we're going to go to break for a minute. If you just joined us, it's National Disability Employment Awareness Month at NOD. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at VoiceAmerica. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, and thank you to all of you great listeners for being so faithful for years now to this show over six years and today as we're celebrating National Disability Employment Awareness Month we have with us several guests related to the National Organization on Disability. We have the CEO of the Kessler Foundation, Roger DeRose, the chairman of the Harris Poll, Humphrey Taylor, and of course our special guest, Carol Glazer, the president of NOD. And when, when we were talking right before break, we were talking about this horrible problem with uh, the unemployment of people with disabilities. And I must say, this brings me to one of my favorite polls, and that is the Harris Poll. I speak across the country, and really since I first founded Bender Consulting Services to employ people with disabilities, uh, and as a woman living with epilepsy, when I would meet with CEOs 
frequently I would use the Harris Poll um, as an example of what was going on in this country. And that is why I'm so delighted to have with us today the chairman, Humphrey Taylor. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Joyce. Um, Humphrey, how about if you tell all of our listeners a little bit more about the Harris Poll, uh, what it is, and what it does? Well, the Harris Poll is a service of Harris Interactive, which is one of the world's largest marketing and opinion research firms. Uh, we're based in New York City, but we have offices all around the world. We do surveys in more than 90 countries. Uh, and about 25 years ago, uh, we conducted for the first time a survey of Americans with disabilities, and that triggered a whole lot more research uh, Many, much of it funded by NOD over the last 25 years, in which we've looked at uh, many, many different issues affecting people with disabilities, uh, employment, uh, education, income, quality of life, their social life, political participation, religion, Internet use, um, uh, special education, uh, uh, the, the, all kinds of different issues, the use of technology. So sometimes we've surveyed uh, people with disabilities themselves, sometimes we've surveyed employers, sometimes we've surveyed educators and so on. So we have been uh, very, very proud, I must say, to have conducted uh, many of these surveys in the disability field, many of them for NOD, uh, which have actually been uh, very widely quoted, not only within the disability community, but in the halls of Congress and in the White House. Yes, I know. I have seen it for years. It's sort of like the, to me, the good housekeeping stamp of approval. Sadly, though, I do not approve of what is happening by the results that you have uh, already alluded to, Carol, earlier. So let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, your opinion, Humphrey, why is the percentage of people with disabilities working full-time or part-time? What is that percentage today? Well, only 19%, excuse me, only 21% of the people with disabilities aged 18 to 64 are currently working full-time or part-time, uh, and that is actually way down from the last time we asked it, uh, and it also compares with 59%, so it's 21% of people with disabilities as compared with 59% of people without disabilities, 18 to 64, who are working. So I'm sorry to say that the news is really bad and that we're not doing well as a country in terms of employing people with disabilities. Terrible. Shameful. It really is. It's shameful. Carol, so why do you think it is? Well, I think that um, it, it's both a, a supply and a demand problem, but unfortunately our survey of employers find that uh, employers are just not thinking about this as an issue and they're not doing much about it, uh, in spite of the fact, interestingly, that they generally have rather positive attitudes to their employees with disabilities and they don't see cost or other factors as being a significant barrier. Uh, but in spite of that, they really, in most cases, are doing little or nothing to employ people with disabilities. It's not something they seem to think about. It's not on their radar screen. Horrible. Car Carol, Carol Glazer, what do you think? Joyce, I would look at a few. I would look at a few things, some of which are borne out by the data in the most recent employer poll, and that's a poll that surveyed 400 employers, large, medium, and small, about their attitudes and their practices. Some of the things that show up in this survey, 70% of employers use uh, employee referrals to recruit people, and another 62% use friends or word of mouth. Now, we all know that when you use those more informal ways of recruiting, what you get is merely a, another homogeneous workforce that's recruiting from its own ranks. So I think the first thing the survey is telling us is that the techniques that employers use to find people with disabilities are not likely to build a pipeline of workers with, with disabilities, and that to really build that pipeline, employers really need to break out of those traditional methods. They need to find the groups in their communities. They need to find the joy spenders of the world that have people with disabilities as their prime mission. That means service providers, government, other kinds of sourcing agencies, advocates, and, and even schools that have disability service offices. 
Yet the data in the surveys show that employers, by and large, don't use this system. And only 40% use some of these service providers or vocational rehabilitation agencies. And the reason is that 35% only of employers find these groups effective. So it shouldn't be a surprise that half of the employers say that they don't have a need for these providers. And although companies don't think they need the support, even though two-thirds say assistance finding qualified candidates would be one of the most helpful findings uh, offerings. So something is amiss here. The, the numbers remain low. Only 3% uh, of the workforce, by some estimates of, of employers surveyed, and that uh, we know that a more efficient connection needs to be made between the, the supply and the demand side, if you will. Uh, another figure from, this, from the survey, only 3% of companies say that they have somebody in their workforce that is dedicated to recruiting people with disabilities. Not surprising then, if you don't have somebody charged with that task, not surprising that companies don't know about all of the terrific providers out there that can build a pipeline to people with disabilities. Disclosure is another issue at every level with many employees, as long as managers and coworkers don't really understand disability, which is something that we find quite frequently, workers with disabilities will be afraid with good reason to disclose their disability. And this, of course, prevents them from gaining the accommodations they need to succeed and, and, and likely jeopardizes their, their success. Uh, a lack of, of disability education programs. The poll shows that only about uh, a, a very small, single-digit percent of companies actually have education programs in place. And if you're going to become a disability-friendly workplace, you've got to be able to train your managers in disability awareness, and not just those people who have disability in their job description, but all managers. And that's because there's a pervasive amount of fear of the unknown, fear about violating ADA requirements, misapprehension about absenteeism or lack of productivity, about lack of cost of accommodations, all of these things make it easier to just simply avoid hiring people with disabilities, and they perpetuate a lack of understanding of disability among coworkers. So we have to demystify disability. We have to create a culture in companies where disclosure is encouraged, where disability isn't something to be feared but respected, and where a diverse workforce is seen as benefiting everybody because it means a more diverse, rich perspective to problem-solving and, and overall to business decision-making. So there are places all along the hiring process from recruitment all the way to training of managers to affinity groups, which have been known to be very, very effective in promoting a more friendly workplace for uh, for all minorities, here again, the polls show that only 7% of companies that have disability programs have disability affinity groups. So we're missing an opportunity to make employees with disabilities feel more welcome and feel more supportive and feel more encouraged to disclose once they get into the workforce. So there are things that need to be done all the way across the hiring uh, spectrum, because the bottom line is that many businesses who have undertaken uh, active disability recruitment programs have seen enormous productivity, drop in absenteeism, longer retention rates, because the unique problem-solving abilities and the tenacity and the, and the persistence that it takes to navigate a world that isn't necessarily built for people with disabilities, all of those attributes can be trained toward higher productivity in the workforce. We've got to get the word out that it's worth making these relatively low-cost investments to get a more rich, more productive, more loyal workforce. Uh, you know what, Carol? At the very beginning, uh, you know, I agree with what you've said, but at the very beginning, I think that is so profound when you were talking about how companies hire people. You know, if they use, a, which they do, use a referral system, you know, their own network, that if that is the main way you find people, that, of course, you're not going to find people with disabilities because that's not going to be who they're having contact with. I think that is really uh, an excellent point that you made. And if anyone listening to the show one right now wants to obtain the Harris survey you're talking about, how do they get that, Carol? 
Uh, it's www2010, the number, disability, Roger, I'm going to have... Surveys.org. So it's 2010 Disability Surveys. Surveys.org. Yes, or you can go to NOD.org or you can go to KesslerFoundation.org and they're up on our sites as well. Right. Right. Okay, so KesslerFoundation.org or NOD. Is it spelled out National Organization on Disability? It's NOD. Carol, or just NOD? Yeah. .org. Okay, you can go to either site, and then you can obtain this Harris survey we were just talking about. As a matter of fact, it comes right up. When you go to that site, it comes up immediately. The National Organization on Disability um, has a large thing on their front page about this Harris poll. Go there. I love this, uh, what, what their mantra is, its ability not disability, that counts. Of course, I'm meaning you should be hired for your ability, but I don't mean you should be ashamed of your disability, nor do they. Remember, I'm a woman living with epilepsy, and I am not ashamed of living with epilepsy, and neither should you. We're, we're going to go to break right now, and then we'll be back again to talk to Carol Glazer. Roger DeRose and Humphrey Taylor about what's happening at NOD, the National Organization on Disability. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters every day of the week, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day. We're at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're talking to National Organization on Disability, NOD, and you know, at the break, I was talking to Humphrey Taylor, the chairman of the Harris Poll. And now I know I like him even more than I already liked him with what he said. But you want to talk about that for a minute, Humphrey, what you told me at the break. Yes, uh, I think it's very important when one looks at the whole question of uh, employing workers with disabilities to recognize that businesses that have employed substantial numbers of, of disabled people 
report uh, very favorably on their experiences and that we believe, therefore, that employing many more people with disabilities is a good business decision. We're not talking about pity. We're not talking about charity. We're talking about return on investment. And you all know, paycheck's not pity. You know my saying, people with disabilities do not need pity. Pity is the ruination. It leads to unemployment or underemployment. We don't need someone to say, I feel sorry for you, poor you. We need to work. And as Tony Quello always says, give me the right to be fired. We don't want pity. And I'm you know, so impressed when Humphrey was telling me that at the break because any of the companies that employ people from Bender Consulting, it is only because of that return on investment. It is because it, people with disabilities want to work. They're very loyal. They want to be there, you know, unlike other people that maybe have forgotten what a treasure it is to be employed. We do know. And I think what Humphrey's pointing out is from this Harris poll he has seen these results from because remember, they were talking to companies that employ people. Is it that correct? That's right. And and we asked uh, employers how their employees with disabilities compared with those without, and they compared at least as well on every criterion that we asked for, and on dedication and turnover, they actually did better. So on balance, the, the scores, so to speak, for employees with disabilities were on balance slightly better than they were for those without. Yeah, you know what? I noticed when I read uh, on the NOD site when I was reading the survey that, um, as Carol mentioned before, that according to 56 of the hiring managers, I noticed that only 2% that they said that only 2% of hires over the past three years were people with disabilities. And, uh, Roger, tell me, why, why do you think we're going backwards here? Well, you know, Joyce, um, my observations on this, uh, and, you know, I know that uh, Carol and Humphrey have their thoughts on it as well, but uh, my observations on this are that in, in 95, uh, we were at the initial launch of uh, the ADA, and it seems to me, when I was in corporate America back then, that companies were bringing in consultants and HR staff and lawyers to make sure that they were really adhering to the new laws. You fast forward 15 years, and you'll see that while the law is still the law and has even been improved, um, that we're in a vicious recession. Uh, companies are not hiring, as, as demonstrated with the near uh, what, 10% unemployment rate now across the country, and you mentioned underemployment, which is probably pushing 20%. And as those companies have downsized, um, people with disabilities have not shown any gains in employment on a real percentage basis. So, you know, companies may have policies and, in some cases, programs in place, but that's not really translating to jobs for people with disabilities. So it really is uh, appalling when you think that only 2 to 3% of companies' workforces are represented by people with disabilities. So, And even before the economic downturn, people with disabilities had an increased employment rate, but it still hovered only around you know, 30 to 40%. And that's just not acceptable until, as you say, Joyce, people with disabilities have the same opportunities as people, as people without. Right. How about you, Carol? What do you think? Well, I think if you look at if you look historically, um, and you look at the ADA passed in 1990, about 25 years behind the Civil Rights Act, uh, the ADA um, was a very very important piece of legislation. But that's all it was is legislation. The disability movement has really had its hands full starting with just basic quality of life issues like the access to buildings or access to transportation or the right to live in a community or in one's home as opposed to living in an institution uh, or the right not to be sterilized. You know, if we look at the historic perspective here, our field has really had our hands full with simply putting in place basic rights to live an quality of life that's equal to people without disabilities. So we've had to fight for those basic human rights over the years. I feel that we're at a t 
turning point now, partly because a number of businesses have discovered the kinds of benefits that Humphrey mentioned that people with disabilities bring to the workforce, productivity, lower absenteeism, higher retention rates and loyalty, better facility with technology. A number of companies are now beginning to realize those things. Walgreens was mentioned. Uh, we're, uh, at NOD, we're in a partnership both with Lowe's and with Sam's Club. In both cases, major national companies that want to increase the number of people with disabilities in their workforce and to make a, a more welcome environment for people who are already there. I think as companies catch on to the bottom line benefits of doing this, and there is a growing fraternity of companies who are in that category, Sears, J.C. Penney, Clark Shoes, IBM, and others, uh, once the word starts getting out, then I think we're going to start seeing a change. The other thing that's going to start changing is just demographics. As the population ages, as the baby boom generation gets older, we're going to be confronted as a society with more and more people with disabilities, many of whom have to stay in the workforce simply to continue saving for their retirement and supporting their families. So a number of trends could easily be converging now, and the disability community having succeeded at putting in place so many basic rights uh, through the ADA and other and the Amendments Act and other very important legislation, that we can all now turn our attention to this to this singular issue that is so important to all others. Yes, and uh, it's time. You know, when you mentioned that about the Civil Rights Act, I couldn't help but think about when I heard Justin Dart speak once. Because we are all so dismayed. How can this be? 20 years later, where are we? You know, come on, folks. We're people. We're not aliens. We want to work. Mm -hmm. I always tell employers, you're sitting in a chair. So why do you think this person who uses a chair could not do the same job? But you know, it's hard to change attitudes. And when I heard Justin speak and we were saying we're so upset about this, and he said, just remember the Ten Commandments were written how many years ago? Hey, and we still haven't conquered that. So, you know, I know what you mean about the Civil Rights Act because, let's face it, that was 1964. We still have problems with racism today. So, you know, I'm thrilled we have the ADA. I appreciate what groups like NOD are doing, working with all these different organizations. Uh, but I'm going to say this to everyone listening to the show now. Okay, enough is enough. No more waiting, just like Martin Luther King Jr. said. Wait almost always means never. Tired of waiting, folks. Time to work. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice at Disability Matters on voiceamerica.com. Make sure you come back to hear the end of the show with Carol Glazer, president of NOD, Roger DeRose, president and CEO of the Kessler Foundation, and the chairman of the Harris Poll, Humphrey Taylor. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Marsh Engel Show. 
Join the movement to empower yourself with the essentials of feminine power and success and learn how women around the world are becoming more inspired, more influential, and absolutely amazing. Each week, Marsh sits down for an engaging conversation with women who are boldly committed to living their most amazing life. You'll discover ways to step into your greatest vision, deepen your relationships, and unleash your real creative brilliance. Get ready. It's time to jump into the conversation. That's Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern for The Marsh Engel Show on the Voice America Business Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. We've had a great show today with Roger DeRose from Kessler, Humphrey Taylor, Chairman of the uh, Harris Poll, and the President of NOD, Carol Glazer. And Carol, you are doing a great job. Thank you, Joyce. I'm really glad that we've had you on the show today. Um, And uh, here we go. We have some questions from... Our friends, and thank all of you, by the way, for sending all these questions in from Twitter and Facebook. And the first one is for you, Carol. And the question is, uh, Carol, I have a question for you. If we are in a corporate situation where we are planning our diversity for the future and all training for the future, how do companies get on board at NOD? From Mary. Meaning how can companies access our help in creating a more diverse workforce? I think they mean how can they join NOD. Well, we are, uh, we, first of all, I'd say we would love to hear from you and engage in a conversation with you and, and potentially help you if you're uh, calling in from a company. Uh, we are not a membership organization per se, but we uh, are always very, very interested in expanding our ranks and in having people that we're communicating with on a regular basis. So please uh, reach out. Reach out through our website. Uh, give me a call, 646-277-2402. Would love to hear from you. And, okay, and, and, and can they also reach you at the web, through the website, Carol? Yes. And that's NOD.org? NOD.org. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yes, you know, if you have questions or information, definitely get in touch with Carol because anything that's going to help more people gain employment is a good thing for you. And with a lot of things going on in this country right now, this would be a good time to do it. We also have a question from uh, Twitter from a Theodore in Maine. For you, Humphrey, and the question is, Mr. Taylor, thank you very much for what you're doing. Um, Is this site your survey on CNN? Uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) um, Let's hope so. Yeah, well, you know, let me give you an idea there, Theodore. Everyone just contact different media sources and tell them about this survey, and that's how we get it out there. Great idea. That's a really good question, though. Because, see, if people don't know, they don't know. And, I mean, this is very valuable, great information, and I think that we, you know, I think we should get it out there. Um, okay, Linda, Linda from Facebook in Kentucky. Uh, first of all, thank all of you for what you're doing. It gives me hope when you have a young child with a disability. Uh, do you have advice for a young person with a disability? And by the way, Linda, that's one of my questions. Anyway, along the same lines, hers, her question alludes more to uh, transition to work programs. Do you have any transition to work programs at NOD? We have run for the last 16 years a program called Start on Success, 
which helps high school students with disabilities to uh, enter into paid internships while they're still in high school. And what we find is that the the element of pay really means a lot for someone's self-esteem. It also raises one's esteem in the eyes of coworkers, exposing kids to the workforce while they're still in school and giving them that kind of support uh, also helps them succeed. And 85% of the young people that we've treated with, uh, with Start on Success that have been through the program, that is 3,000 of them, have gone on to post-secondary education or to full-time competitive work. Uh, where is that question coming from? Because these the are local Kentucky. programs in place in about seven states around the country. There's another program called Project Search that started out of the Cincinnati Children's Hospital that also involves internships for, for kids with disabilities while they're still in school. Uh, and I would commend that program to you as well. And, again, if you'd like to reach out uh, to me, I would be happy, to, and you tell me where you are, I'd be happy to try to connect you with a resource that can help or even help you ourselves. I also wanted to mention that the Kessler Foundation, particularly Elaine Katz, uh, who is just a terrific networker, is another very, very good source of information about best practice and, and, and things that have been tried and true for kids going all the way up to adults. Well, you know what, uh, Carol, you have accomplished a lot, but I, I wanted to ask you, what, what would you say you're the proudest of, of what you've accomplished at NOD? Well, uh, Joyce, uh, getting an organization that's as old as, as NOD is to shift its focus uh, almost entirely and, and become singularly focused on employment as we have been over these last couple of years has, of course, um, there's always, uh, there's always the, the sadness at losing programs that were important for their time, that had a constituency in their time, and it's never easy to do that. I think we've done it. We've done it well. Uh, with the help of the Kessler Foundation and others, we've been able to put a firmer financial base in place so that when we do undertake demonstration programs, we can do them with the kind of care and good management that they need. We've built a terrific relationship with the United States Army where we're working with the most severely injured soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and we're helping them uh, succeed careers. Uh, we now have a bill in front of Congress to expand that demonstration uh, in this year's defense appropriations bill. We're waiting for action by the Senate, but we're very, very proud that we've gotten the attention of Congress for our work with veterans. And then most recently, as Roger mentioned earlier, our partnerships with Lowe's and with Sam's Club and with Walmart are all helping us to uh, get ourselves on the map and get these companies on the map as as companies that are employing a diverse workforce and bringing in more people with disabilities and showing, as Humphrey said, that it's not just the just thing to do, it's also the smart thing to do for business. Uh, right. Uh, Carol, Joyce, could I jump in with one yes, additional please. comment about NOD? Uh, uh, um, Carol's predecessor, uh, the founder of NOD, Alan Rice, uh, was, of course, an incredibly powerful advocate for the ADA. And I think that he personally uh, deserves a lot of the credit for the passage of the ADA. Uh, and I'm proud to say that he and others used a great deal of the Harris data from earlier surveys in that advocacy. So I think that NOD does have some real historic claims of important achievements in the past. Yes, yes. And by the way, Alan Reich was on our show. And, and after he passed away, I replayed that show so everyone could hear it, but um, I, I I agree with you very much. He was a remarkable man, and I will say that not a day goes by when I don't say to myself, now what would Alan have done in this situation? Well, yeah. he would be thrilled to have Carol as his successor, I know. I agree with he, you there. He was truly remarkable, and um, none of what we're doing now would have been possible without that foundation of, of strength that, that Alan put in place. Um, well, listen, I want to tell you I've enjoyed having all three of you on the show today, and I so much appreciate you taking time to be on. 
Carol, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, I would say two things, Joyce. One is um, that we really have to avoid what we at NOD call the tyranny of low expectations, that until we as a society, we as parents, we as teachers, we as employers begin to expect no less from people with disabilities than we, we expect from anybody else, we will not succeed in this battle against discrimination and, and this battle for equal opportunity. So we've got to break ourselves out of this uh, tyranny of low expectations, out of you call it pity, Joyce. This has to be people standing uh, up tall and proud and knowing that they can succeed just as anybody else can succeed in the workforce. And then back to Humphrey's point earlier about the fact that you know, people with disabilities have enormous, it, it, it takes an enormous amount of tenacity, of creativity, of problem-solving abilities to navigate a world that is fundamentally not built for you if you are a person with a disability in many cases. And so all of those features, all of those qualities really can be turned into very uh, high productivity in the workforce. And employers should see those things as assets. And it, it's it's simply intuitive, uh, besides the fact that the numbers are telling us this is true, it's simply intuitive that people who spend their lives having to solve problems like that are going to do very, very well in the workforce. Yeah, so that's, that's right. That's where I'd leave it. I always tell people, we come with those skills you look for. We're tolerant, we're team builders, and we know how to think outside the box. We come with that territory. That's part of our life. So I agree with you. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been a pleasure having all three of you on the show. Roger, I'll start with you. I think the Kessler Foundation is a first-class organization uh, and very, very nice to have you with us today. And thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks, Joyce. Um, and Humphrey, I could not speak highly enough of the Harris Poll. You know, I feel that has been instrumental in, you know, trying to change things. I know I certainly, for the 15 years that I've been the CEO of Bender, have frequently cited the Harris Poll. So for you to take time to be with us today, thank you so much for your generosity. Well, well, thank you. We could not have done any of this work, of course, without NOD and Kessler. So I'm very, very grateful to both of them. Yes. Uh, and Carol, you are just doing a great job. It was so nice to have you with us on the show today, and I know you will continue helping move things forward for the employment of people with disabilities. Thank you, Joyce. So we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or someone who has influenced the employment of people with disabilities. And today that is going to be Dr. Kenneth Malani, CEO of Highmark who said, and oh, it so much applies to this show today, his quote, At Highmark, we are proud to hire people with disabilities. We hire people with disabilities for only one reason. It's good for the business. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice. Remember, it's good for the business. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.